0: Welcome to the very first episode of Exposing Ourselves with Travis Ritchie and Matt Runquist. I am Travis Ritchie, and here with my good friend is... No.
1: <laughs> I left it up you, you definitely fucked that up, yeah. <laughs>
0: here uh, with me, as always, is my very good friend...
1: I. I th- now, come on, you introduced nope, me. we're going to
0: leave that in. We're just gonna Matt leave that. In. Matt
1: yes, Matt I mean, Rundquist. it's the first episode. I've clearly got a high energy level. It's a podcast-y, radio-y energy level.
0: Yeah, you do. Uh, so Matt and I have been friends for years, for those of you who have never heard of either of us before. And uh, we used to be, uh, I mean, almost roommates, but not quite in college, just friends <laughs> who spent a lot of time in each other's rooms. And... Um, <laughs> Matt has uh, always been a big music buff and I've always been a big movie buff. And uh, so the concept of this show is that we are going to expose the other to our favorite, uh, for me, music and for Matt, well, my favorite movies to Matt and then Matt's favorite music. my favorite music, or
1: or if not favorite, at least stuff we find, uh, you should know this. You should know this thing, this cultural artifact, I know a lot about it. I want you to know about it. It's important at the very least, but hopefully it's something
0: you like. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's fair to say. And um, so uh, this is not this is not our we are. So we have already uh, prior to this first episode assigned each other our very first um, assigned uh, listenings and viewings. And, And you know, you know, I love homework. Yeah, uh, I hate it, um, but it's uh, another way in which we're different. But um, I I think it's fascinating to note that our choices this week are very uh, thematic. I will uh, say, yeah. They share yeah. a theme. Yeah, they do. They
1: really do. And I will say, uh, it's not the theme that I was hoping for for the podcast, because I was hoping that you know so we had sort of a long period where we didn't really interact a whole lot and a lot mm-hmm. of music and a lot of movies came out during the time and I thought hey let's focus on this time where I'll bet you Travis wasn't Travis wasn't super into music then and uh-huh. I wasn't super into movies then and we can introduce each other and of course we both chose things from 1980
0: Six, seven. Six, seven. seven. So so we can say the first two choices were I assigned Matt the movie Highlander and Matt assigned me the soundtrack to the movie um, Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing,
1: yeah.
0: I get confused because, you know, there were several dancing movies in the 80s. Footloose, Dirty Dancing, and what was the other one? Um, Flashdance. Flashdance, yeah. Yeah. All of of which have fairly well-known soundtracks. Yeah. So... um, But uh, before we get into that, uh, that's just a teaser. I want to talk to you about your week a little bit. Um, Oh, good. Did you you do anything fun?
1: Did I do anything fun? Uh, No. Uh, Medical diagnosis in the household uh, brought moderately good news in the sense that it's treatable. Uh, It's not me. It's a member of my my household. But uh, yes, lots of waiting. Lots of waiting, which is my favorite thing about hospitals. You're not going to die so we'll
0: see you in a month. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Well, that's uh that's that's awful, I think. Yeah, I, no, I, that's not I, funny I not at all. Spend, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 ooh. Hey. Um, yeah, I did uh I, I did some fun stuff. I did um uh I did some work on a TV show, uh some background work. Awesome. And uh I so there is a there's a little bit of a um there's a little bit of a stigma, I guess, against doing background work, especially once you've become a, quote unquote, working actor, someone yeah. who has lines in shows and whatnot. And so I, uh, but I told my agents when they expressed some not, uh, I don't know, maybe disappointment, some, some reticence, uh, reticence towards my doing, mm-hmm. yes, towards my doing background work. And I said, look, I want to be on set. Yeah. I, I want to be on set doing background work more than I want to do uh, another job somewhere. Yeah. So, um, and I told him it's going to happen. And luckily, like, luckily the pandemic happened and uh, the entire industry, <laughs> I think we all uh, feel that way, Travis. Yeah. Right. As far as the industry goes though, everything now is self tapes. So auditions, wh- I think the concern used to be, we don't want you to be on set doing this other thing. What if you get an audition, you have to be available. Yeah, And it's very difficult to, like, call out when you're contracted to do this, sh- you know, do background yeah. work on a show. But now all the self-tapes, all the auditions are self-tapes. So you can do it when you get home, whenever. The only other thing is that, especially on TV shows, if you're seen as a background actor, there's some concern that you won't get other things. I'm not so I, much concerned I, about I that. I think that's
1: bullshit. I think it's, I think that just provides fun for your big fans in 20 years that they can go back and find you in the background of, yeah. of movies and tv shows going back you know yeah. a long long way i don't i don't think there's anything wrong with that it,
0: no the i don't right, either and the,
1: the right people for your career are going to recognize that that's a thing that you do that's not yep it, it doesn't it doesn't pigeonhole you
0: and also, it's, uh, it, it goes towards my health and pension, which I didn't really clock until fairly, fairly recently. Fantastic. Like the, because it's all SAG, it's all union work, yeah. it goes towards that. So um, I qualified this year for the first time for health benefits from union, my yes. union. And uh, so that's pretty cool. Um, but, uh, and then today, I finally saw, well, not finally, it's only been open two days, but I saw Avatar, the new Avatar, uh, The Way of Water. And um, it's interesting. I have thoughts. I don't want to spoil anything. I won't spoil anything uh, for anybody who hasn't seen it yet. But I will say I have one major criticism, and it's really a major criticism. It looked like a really expensive video game. It was. Imagine like Unreal Engine Five, right? Is amazing, Mm -hmm. right? So now we've imagine Unreal Engine Seven, and that's what's that's what this movie looks like. It's so photorealistic, but there's no motion blur, and there's no, like, I don't know if there was something wrong with the frame rate or something, and the 3D was impressive looking, I guess. Oh, was but, it 3D, too? Oh, yeah, I saw it in 3D. Yeah. Um, and I am curious as to whether it would look better to me in 2D. I think you've got to go watch it again. I think, I might have to, and it's yeah. watchable. I, I will say that the plot and story and all that is, is it does bear repeat viewing. It's not, it's not bad. Um, it's not great And it does have Kind of like James Cameron Is not the best writer Type of I mean Thing going on
1: I think James Cameron Is going to continue To release James Cameron movies And if you're expecting Something other than a But James I love Cameron a James
0: Cameron movie, Cameron movie you That's don't think, a different you don't Like a James, like James Cameron is, Directed oh, see now, movie see now
1: we're getting We're going down The rabbit hole here But yeah Oh yeah. I'm
0: definitely Going to give you Some James Cameron movies yeah, Once we yeah, get going Yeah absolutely here. I love it You may have a
1: hard time Finding one I haven't seen But
0: Oh, well, good. I hope, I'm, I hope that's true, because then uh, I will respect you that much more.
1: All right, let's get into it. Should we play Rock, Paper, Scissors to see who goes first?
0: Uh, that, no, that doesn't work with this. We've got too much of a delay. Uh, <laughs> but I will say, how about I go first, because uh, okay. Highlander came out um, in 1986, which it is did. a year before yeah. uh, your movie came out. Um, right. So uh, just by way of brief background, Highlander sure. is a, uh, a 1986 movie. It starred, um, uh, it starred Christopher Lambert uh, and um, famously Sean Connery and a young-ish Clancy Brown as the villain. And uh, Christopher Lambert um, played a, an immortal who grows up in Scotland where he discovers that he's uh, immortal by way of uh, being stabbed in a battle but not dying. And so he lives through 500 years or something and um, ends up... So the story takes place both in Scotland 500 years ago and also in present-day New York, where the gathering has happened and uh, where all the immortals are drawn to one place on Earth to battle out until only one remains. And the last remaining immortal will be uh, bestowed with this gift of knowledge. And that's pretty much it. So it's a it's a sword fighting, kind of swashbuckling. Uh it's got a love story in it, which is um which is and interesting. Multiple, multiple love stories. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So actually I mean, uh, the
1: two women are basically indistinguishable, but uh but it is Do you mean to say his stories.
0: his old wife and his, his and his yes,
1: his well and uh, you know it's funny actually because there's the one woman who sort of rejects him when he's
0: yeah. when they're his, his, his first yeah, woman. So, yeah. yeah.
1: Um so Should is it is it me now? Do I go?
0: Well, it's interesting. Interesting. One thing I want to say is that uh, it it was uh, directed by Russell Mulcahy, who um, and went on to do some interesting things, uh, some interesting feature films, and um, uh, and then some TV work. I think which was uh, uh, he did. um, I just want to make sure this is correct. He yeah he wrote some of Thirteen Reasons Why or directed some of it. He did some of Teen Wolf. Um, he did, uh, but he was, he was, he did a lot of Teen Wolf, I think, actually, like 40 episodes of Teen Wolf. And so, um, that's where he might be interesting to, um, to people. And also the British version of Queer as Folk, which was interesting for me. Um, the other interesting thing about Highlander was that it is, it features a, an original soundtrack by a rock band, uh, in this case, Queen, did songs made for the movie, which uh, I, I, and I actually really love that soundtrack, so. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. So, uh, what did you think of Highlander? Oh, and I I will also say, no, go ahead, you first, you first. Okay. Thoughts on Highlander?
1: Well, okay, so I'm going to say I understand why it spawned a sequel or multiple sequels and a TV show. (laughs) That's literally what I was going to say next. Because there is some mythology that is extremely hand-wavy in this movie right
0: mm, what okay. w-
1: what is what is the gathering what why, why 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 where are the immortals coming from why are they drawn to a
0: particular place How why, are immortals how
1: yeah. how immortals uh <laughs> there wh- what what why the gift what what is and so
0: so it, okay no, well no, let okay, me ask... hold
1: one. on hold on <laughs> so, so so like there, there is this sense while watching this movie of there is so much that you all are just like sort of papering over and I mm-hmm. really want to know the answers to these questions because this movie does not really stand alone as an artifact. It's, it's very... I, I, I found myself constantly going, but wait, that can't... No, but... Why? No, why?
0: Yeah. I find that very interesting because so if, when you watch a vampire movie do you Do you feel the need to know how vampires well no,
1: but it fits into an established mythology
0: ah does it though? Highlander is Highlander is
1: sort of sui generis or however you say that uh i don't know it's uh it's it's its own thing right i mean it's but, it it's like it's like somebody said what if what if we had immortals and you could only kill them by chopping off their heads? And only immortals could kill each other, they'd probably use swords, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> but what more do you need? What more <laughs> right? explanation do you need? Like, well, I feel like you've. So. So, one of the things I like about this movie is that it, 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 it gives the audience credit to fill in the blank. So, it doesn't. Uh, one, I think. These days, especially, we are we are hand-fed information so much that um, that we need a backstory for every character, and we need to know. And they don't trust the audience to kind of fill in the blanks. on things,
1: but see, but see, here's the thing: I have no good explanation. Like, I am not imaginative enough to figure out why mortal... I'm not imaginative to figure out enough to figure out why is why are they all drawn to one place. Right? But see, I,
0: I think that that's irrelevant to the story. And even the characters don't necessarily know. And I think they talk about not no, knowing. No, they
1: do. they do. They absolutely do. Although, it's funny, it's not even clear how this information is conveyed to the characters, right? Uh, so Sean Connery's character gives this little info dump in the middle of the movie, uh, explaining the gathering. See, Sean
0: Connery speaking in a Scottish accent while playing a Spaniard yes. from Egypt.
1: I got to admit, I feel like cracking on the uh, the accents in this movie is low-hanging fruit.
0: Sure, because sure. Christoph- I love it. I... Because
1: Christopher Lambert can mm. barely speak English.
0: Right. Um, <laughs> you know. Right. Yeah, a French guy not even trying a Scottish accent.
1: Yeah, the most convincing accent in the movie is the American-speaking ancient barbarian accent. Uh, you know, okay. Right? <laughs> That's uh, Sorry,
0: yeah, Kurgan, you know, Kurgan,
1: yeah, yeah. Kur- Kurgan, the Kurgan. Yes, if you're oh. old enough, you get an indefinite article. Um, yeah, I mean, oh, and is then. see the Kurgan. Yeah, he's the yeah. The, he was attacked by the Kurgan. So, um, ground, Highlander. I, so, I I do want to preface this by saying, like, I could spend an hour talking about the parts of this movie that don't make any fucking sense, right? So, I want to I want to temper that with I enjoyed it right? Get I it. liked the movie, right, but there there are a lot of questions that that i you' you're I feel like you're giving it a lot of credit that it does not deserve when you say it leaves things to the audience there, there are things there i i the thing that really gets me, I think, is the gathering right the, 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 because because I want to know what there could be only one means right because mm. I've heard it. I've heard it for so long,
0: right? It is interesting that they they know ahead of time how the gathering is going to happen. By the way, spoiler alerts for this thirty year old movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it is interesting that they um, they know, like, okay, so Sean Connery tells Connor McCloud. Yeah. Uh, that oh you know some we'll go until the time of the gathering and we'll be drawn to and we'll fight till they can only but who told him right and, and then even that then guy? right and, and even so...
1: then he's like and those of us who are left will go to the gathering which means we're all trying to kill each other all over the world right now
0: sure sure well Kurgan, Kurgan and, and I don't think only I don't think only an immortal can kill an immortal I think if an immortal just loses his head somehow. That he'll probably die regardless. The French Revolution
1: was hard on the immortals. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, the, so, and then uh, the other thing that I do want to do want to point out is like a massive problem is there is no way on earth that Kurgan doesn't kill the Highlander. I'm sorry, the man is twenty thousand years old and seven feet tall, and he's who oh, he, says he's that old. I don't remember exactly what he said. He comes from an ancient tribe or something, right? Okay. Like, okay. I and and Sean Connery admits that he's like twenty five hundred years old, right? Mm. So and he and he says that Kurgan is is way older than him. But so I, I chose twenty thousand. Uh,
0: Kurgan. I think it's with an A at the end. K u r g a n. Kurgan. Kurgan. No, Kurgan.
1: Kurgan. Kurgan. Kurgan.
0: Yeah, Kurgan. I'm gonna, I'm Kurgan. It just hurts my ears when you say Kurgan. That's how saying... they say
1: it in the movie, man. I, no,
0: they say Kurgan. Did you, did you watch it again? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen it recently. Uh, Not this week, I thought they I've said seen it recently. Okay, Kurgan.
1: Kurgan, fine. Fine. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll bow to your superior knowledge. Um, Thank you. But the Kurgan like there's just no way he doesn't win this fight. He's been he's been murdering everybody back and forth across the land for, uh, for years unknown.
0: Are you talking about seven the feet final tall. fight or are you talking about on the battlefield in Scotland? Uh, well, whenever, right? So I think uh, they both got explanations.
1: Okay, okay. Uh, how does Connor McLeod win the final battle?
0: Uh, he, uses his, he uses his speed and his, uh, his superior style uh, to win. He's faster, he's more nimble, he's a better swordsman. Because Kurgan uses Kurgan is uh, only uses. I mean, he has good swordsmanship, but he's also uh, very heavy. Like his sword is a two hander. Uh, It doesn't have you know. It's not quick, and -hmm. I think that's what Connor's um, skill is.
1: I think uh, yeah. I guess I just I think of things like having you know ten or twenty or fifty times as much experience as. As you know, I, the kind of thing I that would really—I imagine there really, comes a. I imagine that you get like, a point to distinguishing terms. There's like one, the tra- there's like one training montage, and it's but a fantastic.
0: But listen, band, he's yeah. 500 years old now, right? So less, so, yeah. Like, which
1: is which is a babe in arms compared to Kurgan.
0: But 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 that's what I'm saying. Isn't there like a? Isn't there um, uh, what is it when you when you fall? an like a terminal velocity for skill. It's, on, um, it's
1: possible that there's a terminal swordsmanship, velocity for like, skill, that, but you we can don't... Be,
0: you can just become as good as you can ever get, and you don't I, just continue to get so, better.
1: So I would say this is a this is a philosophical difference between us, right? Uh, because I don't know, and you don't know, because we've never had a 20,000-year-old swordsman. I mm-hmm. suspect that that person is going to have seen it all and, and be able... You know, like, well... But, uh, and and you think that, that that he'll reach the point of diminishing returns, and I, I think you could make a case either way. So, well done. Uh,
0: it does say that he was born, uh, <laughs> that Kurgan was born in 1000 BC. Oh, is that it? So, he's only, yeah. he's only a little older than
1: Sean Connery then. Uh,
0: I would say that makes him, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, only a
1: few hundred years older than Sean Connery's right. character.
0: Right, exactly, yeah. Um so, uh, where so oh, yeah, only like a hundred years old, hundred years older. Yeah. Okay, this
1: is this is a question that I have for you. Mm-hmm. Um because it was something that may have an explanation that I just missed. Where was McCloud when Kurgan
0: attacks the the tower? They don't say. They don't okay, say he okay. was away he was away on, you know, some sort of like selling something or possibly being Trained so, something,
1: yeah, it was very it was very i w I was like, Where the fuck is your boyfriend? yeah like, okay, okay, so yeah. uh but i I enjoyed the movie it was good to it was good to make those connections because obviously Highlander's a huge a huge touchstone for a lot of people, and there can be only one is something I've heard millions of times. I thought the immortals were all called Highlanders, so it was very. Yeah. It was very, uh, instructive to me to be like, oh, no, he is a Highlander.
0: Uh. Right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because he
1: comes from the Highlands.
0: Right. Yeah. They, um, and what's funny is that in the, in the TV, so, in my opinion, the movie sequels were, were awful, um, which is so disappointing for, for what I consider to be such a good, kind of an original idea movie, and, um, the, the The sequel was terrible, and the second sequel was also pretty bad. And then there was a TV series where they they actually kind of I never watched it, but partly because I was hurt so badly by the by the <laughs> movie sequels, but they um they went kind of back to the basics, and so the TV series stars another McLeod, okay. another member of the Clan McLeod, who is also coincidentally immortal, mm-hmm. yeah. but but is not there during the time of the gathering. So right. I don't even know, do they, yeah, do they, um, there
1: can, there can be only one, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless this so, is before the gathering.
0: Yeah. And it might be, it, I would be interested to see, like, it, it, the, the TV series came from a different time as well. Um, but, uh, but it, so I, like today we would be watching, for example, there's this new, uh, Andor series on, um, on, on. Uh, Disney Plus, right? Yeah, it's a Star Wars series about a character that we know already. We already know how he dies. Yeah, and so why yeah. are we watching his backstory? Well, it's because you know he does stuff. It's
1: it's because Disney likes money. Well,
0: well it's fun. because of that, but also like if we were watching a Highlander series that was made now based yeah. on the movie that you just watched, yeah, and we wanted to have the character, you know, yeah. have another focus on another high, on another immortal, yeah. Well, we know that immortal doesn't survive. Yeah. So, the interesting thing would be seeing him right. going around, kind of clearing the field yeah. of all the immortals that are going to be up against our hero immortal from the movie.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't mean, know that that's. The... It's funny, I you know, there were there were certainly some expectations set during the movie that I was really like, you know, so I didn't realize that Sean Connery played such a small part in the movie, and mm-hmm. so when he you know when they have the conversation about what if it's just the
0: two of us at the end
1: and i don't i don't think that was foreshadowing i did think that was foreshadowing um that would be a better story
0: it'd Um, be an interesting story but but hero versus villain is also kind of expected
1: yeah yeah i was expecting i was expecting something different than what i got you know Mm. that that which is fair i mean that's that's why you watch the movies um, but,
0: and I saw this movie first when I was uh, probably about 10 years old, give or take. And I, so, um,
1: I will say, uh, as, a, as a huge detractor of overly CGI'd movies, big fan of the practical effects in this movie. Yeah, um, and the
0: cinematography, but, right?
1: So the cinematography, uh, for those of you who don't know, this is one of the earliest cinematic uses of the Skycam, which is the, the camera on the wires... Um, so you can fly it around a room uh, mm-hmm. in, you know, uh, every every direction and you can gimbal it and all that good stuff. Um, it's a very rudimentary implementation of the technology. So uh, they fly around Madison Square Garden at the beginning and you can see the camera going track and turn and track and turn and track and turn. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. And, it, you know, it's it's fine. It's a very impressive shot. It, it's funny that the director actually felt the need to kind of explain how they were getting this shot by putting a helicopter sound in, even though they're inside Madison Square Garden and you can't Interesting. fly can't I can't I fly a helicopter that. inside Madison Square Garden. But today, of course, you would do that shot with with a drone. With a drone, which is a little helicopter. So huh. So I guess he was just uh, foreshadowing the future. Uh,
0: interesting. I, I also love the uh, transitions uh, from, especially during, between the different time frames. Yes. They do a lot of interesting yeah, uh, in- transitions. Interesting
1: wipes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, this this is still, you know, so '86. So we're still in the time. I mean, because nobody does interesting wipes anymore. It's it's completely. No. It's a dead art. Uh, you yeah. Know, obviously, 1977. And not nobody. You know who that. does?
0: You know who does uh, wipes like this and cuts uh, that are very interesting is um, uh, the guy who did uh, uh, Hot Fuzz and Oh um,
1: yeah. Uh, who Peg, does direct you know, Simon those? Peg. Simon Pegg. No, he's just. No, a, he started. He's in it. just in uh, it. Yeah. I don't oh, know who directs
0: those. Why can't I? Why can't I think of his name? Uh, if we have audience members, they are literally screaming at us right now. Um, you're gonna cut. It's okay. They're out. nerds. Hot Fuzz. Uh, Edgar, Wright. Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright has a really um, uh, in, uh, inventive way of mm-hmm. of doing wipes and, and stuff like that. So it's
1: funny, right? Because when that's done really well, it, it doesn't call attention to itself. Uh, mm-hmm. And so you can you can watch the movie and then somebody will say, weren't the wipes cool? And you'll be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, they were. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Sometimes yeah. until you really look at it. So here's uh, one last interesting uh, tidbit about uh, sure. Highlander. The budget was $19 million. Uh, in today's you, dollars? Uh, nope. In 1986 in, in, in 1986, 1986 dollars, dollars okay. uh, or 1985, or whenever it was made. Do you have any uh, guess on... Um, Uh, What the box office was?
1: Oh, uh, 43 million?
0: $12.8 million. ouch. Yes, and which I think is so extraordinary, especially given that it launched such uh, a series of, uh, you know, sequels and a TV show.
1: Well, okay,
0: okay, but,
1: uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I will say, like, there are things about Highlander that are unique, and that's what why it's such a big cultural touchstone for people you know there everybody knows the phrase there can be only one even if Mm -hmm. like me they don't know what it means right yeah yeah. like i i had no idea what there can be only one meant uh like Mm -hmm. what and 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 frankly i still don't understand why there can be only. why can't we have two people and they can share knowledge or why can't a why can't a girl be an immortal or you know like why
0: does the wind blow? Yeah. Why does the sun rise in the sky? Yeah, exactly. We'll never know. That was a horrible exactly. Sean Connery impression. Uh, I, I would say. No. I would give it
1: a. I would give it a five, maybe a five and a half out of
0: six. I of ten Yeah, I thought you said it was horrible. Were you? Which? Were, were, oh, my impression. Yeah, impression. I thought, I thought you were just jumping to scoring the movie. No, no, no. Am I supposed to score no. the movie? Uh, I would take a five point five. Out of ten for that impression yeah. in that moment, I can do a better. I can get at least to a seven with my Sean Connery impression. I, I have my um, voice
1: isn't anywhere near deep enough to do it, as I'm uh, sure you can all tell at this point.
0: Your voice is pr- pretty deep, I think. Uh, wow, so. No,
1: that's the magic of radio, I
0: think. <laughs> oh, interesting. Uh, well, so in some interesting things, fine, uh, I want a couple other notes about this movie. Um, sure. The soundtrack, like I said, by Queen yeah. uh, was uh, original music that I find uh, to be some of Queen's best. I really enjoy listening to that soundtrack. Uh, the score was written by Michael Kamen, who was uh, from such movies as Leaf a Weapon and Die oh, Hard. Sure. And uh, I mean, the, die hard, the first yeah. couple of Die Hard movies and the first couple of um, uh, Lethal Weapons. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves is the one I really know him from because he mm-hmm. did that great... Yeah. Fantastic. But so he's definitely... It's a great person to have doing your score for sure. And of course, the cinematography was by Gary Fisher or Jerry Fisher. And um, yeah, uh, what do you think? What do you think of the movie? Oh, do you, give it a give it a score. Give it a score. Do,
1: okay, I will give it a score. Um, so, and this is scores are subjective, right?
0: The, yeah.
1: Um, I want to say uh, like uh, I want to say two and a half out of four stars. That's I I'm, I'm one. Oh, of Oh wow! Per- We're
0: just, so you're scoring my impression out of a ten, and you're scoring. um. This out of a... I can uh,
1: give it... Do you want it out of a 10? An IMDb score? That's what... Yeah, I give got. it
0: a, give it your IMDb score, and That's I a, will also look up uh, the actual, the current UCMD. IMDb ranking. Oh, it's going to be
1: high, because it's a beloved classic. Um, I'm yeah, gonna, yeah. I'm going to say, I, like, if I'm choosing on a scale of 10, I can choose whole numbers. I don't need to go these. I would say it's nope. six. Okay,
0: six. interesting. Uh, IMDb has it currently at a 7.1. That
1: that doesn't no. surprise me at
0: all. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. Um, especially watching it from this perspective in this time, I can see how uh, a six is uh, you know it's a passing grade. Yeah. I probably would rank it higher. I probably yeah. would go on the other side of uh, IMDb's and put it put it an 8 uh, i I've, I've it's highly rewatchable for me, and I think it it does so much that is innovative and interesting. And the I've performances spent, are strong.
1: I've spent so much of this week wondering if you were going to tell me, oh, they answer that question in the next movie. Uh, but uh, uh, I'm, I'm very I, I, disappointed honestly, to they, hear that. I
0: think that's why the next movies exist, is trying to answer those questions. And yeah. the questions are not satisfying, or the answers are not satisfying yeah. one yeah. tiny little bit. Yeah. Um, if, it, if it helps you... In the next movie, they, I think the immortals are aliens that were exiled to Earth, and that's why they're immortal. It makes no sense.
1: I mean, it makes more sense than what we've got,
0: you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just like the idea that in, in, in the world, there is some, every once in a while, something magical happens. And I, I think that that's...
1: I, I, that, I'm not against that. I would like to know how the Kurgan smiles after his head has been severed. That, that, that's a good question, too. How he smiles yeah, yeah, he, he, you know they do the classic oh, like oh. there's like a pause,
0: right yeah
1: Aha, we did the we did the climactic sword swipe because
0: your brain is in your head your brain is in your', <laughs> your brain in your, is in your head, head so you can still move stuff and even yeah, you can still <laughs> smile you can still smile we're gonna need,
1: we're gonna need to go to some ancient references here to find out can a person smile after beheading or can they only smile before beheading and then have a stick
0: well so i'm curious uh i'm curious have you seen this is kind of a a spiritual successor have you seen uh the old guard no with uh no okay that's uh it's it's a netflix that came out in 2020 um and it's a pretty good i think it's based on a comic book but it's uh it's pretty interesting, and I will say, um, my novel, my vampire novel, yes. does, does, uh, I think there is a lot of a spiritual connection between it and Highlander, um, you know, when I was looking for inspiration for a being that has been alive for 500 years, I didn't pull so much from vampire mythology as much as from kind of the, um, the immortal, uh, because nice. I didn't want my vampires to be supernatural necessarily okay um and so that's kind of uh, you'll see a lot of connections in my book with the uh, with highlander i think when you read it okay all right all right
1: uh so Woof. now now it's my turn to yeah it quiz, is to quiz you so uh just as a reminder i'm not i'm not like a huge huge music head or anything but i'm more of a music head than travis is for sure uh, i you know sometimes my knowledge of of indie rock and of, of the nineties can get pretty esoteric. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm all up for a, a, uh, band camp, you know, band with 20 followers as much as anybody. But, uh, this, I think mostly we're going to try and keep you in the pop adjacent realm. Uh, so we don't torture everyone too often. Hmm. Uh, so my choice for this very first week was the soundtrack to dirty dancing. Uh, came out in 1987. It is the fifth best-selling soundtrack of all time in the U.S. What? Uh, yeah, fifth best-selling soundtrack of all time. Wow. Yeah, a huge, huge, huge hit. Uh, propelled, of course, by the... the uh, I've Had the Time of My Life uh, by Bill Bill something and Jennifer Warnes, I believe. Um, Bill Medley and Jennifer Bill Warnes. Bill Medley jennifer warnes um best-selling soundtrack of all time is of course bodyguard um but this really yep oh yeah yeah okay that makes sense yeah that does make sense (laughs) um so uh but this sold 14 million copies in the u.s and it sold 32 million worldwide so this is a very very popular piece of art here um the thing that i so i listened to it again this week to, to make sure i was to up on it i i've listened to it hundreds and hundreds of times it was wow, it was on repeat really? yeah it was on repeat in our house uh growing up um very very little i would say almost nothing in the way of established artists like the the artists on this soundtrack the biggest biggest one is probably the ronettes which is you know uh like they're they're in the Phil Spector universe obviously Ronnie Spector married uh Phil Spector um mm-hmm. you know but the most of this stuff these artists are not not well known and there's nothing to really propel this into into that upper stratosphere other than the quality of the music and the quality of the movie so um yeah okay, so that that's kind of my notes huh. on it so tell me uh, so did you listen did you end up listening to it on a hike like you were planning?
0: Uh, I listened to it twice. I listened to it first on a bike ride and then uh, once again on uh, another bike ride <laughs> um, and i didn't end up doing any hikes this week uh, except until today and, and I had company, so um, uh, I, it wasn't by myself um, but the I was struck by how uh, the mix of of Genre, so does the movie not take place in the 80s? Does it take place in the 50s? It takes place in the 60s, early 60s. 60s. Yep. Okay, so... Sort of a
1: Catskills resort. Okay,
0: Um, and and it should be said, I've never seen Dirty Dancing. I've never seen any of the dancing movies from the 80s. Wow. Um, Yeah, and so uh, I was struck by a couple things. One is that I'd, I'd heard a lot of the songs before, most of the songs I'd heard before, yeah. like I've had it, I've I, I've had the time of my life. Obviously, um, uh, "Hungry Eyes." Uh, oh yeah,
1: Eric Carmen. Eric Carmen's probably the biggest biggest hit on there. Our
0: biggest. Yeah, for sure. Uh, um, and then of course, most of the old song, most of the oldies. You know, yeah. "Be My Baby," mm-hmm. um, uh, "You Don't Own Me," mm-hmm. um, which I thought was interesting because I've never heard. I feel like it was you don't own me was sung a different version than i've ever heard before yes yeah it's not
1: Um, well this is kind of what i was getting at is that it's not um it's not the most popular uh versions of the songs even um yeah you you don't own me is like a it's like an 80 so a modern cover oh was it okay because it is that is an oldies song but then
0: they did have some of the oldies versions of these songs yeah so, yeah. um, like, you know, In the Still of the Night is what closed out the album. And what's funny is I was listening to it on Google, uh, YouTube Music, mm-hmm. and then then it just kept playing music. It, it didn't stop the album when it was done playing. It just played the next song, which was another oldie song. So I just, I, I went maybe three oldie songs further uh-huh. before I was like, man, they are just loading this album with oldies. And then I looked at my phone. I was yeah, like, oh, was no, like, you're I'm playing something completely different anymore.
1: now. Yeah. Um, um yeah it's a danger of YouTube music is if you don't have the autoplay off you're just going to you're just going to keep going. Um yeah so. I will say so the thing there's there's kind of a divide on this soundtrack between like the oldies and then the sort of the modern modern songs. And um but it I think it's interesting like the modern songs are definitely like they're almost pastiches like uh the thing that i'm really thinking of is the song overload by zappa costa which mm-hmm. is straight up a peter gabriel song just like it it sounds like like for the longest time i thought it was peter gabriel and it's it's not uh but like sledgehammer era peter gabriel yeah, um, yeah. you know it's it sounds like somebody was like listening from the other side of this from the studio next door when they were recording sledgehammer and you know <laughs>
0: decided like to like when marty mcfly plays Johnny yeah. B good and they're like yeah oh. it's
1: exactly like that so um, so you know and then the the old stuff is when i was a kid i thought it was all motown but it's actually not it's all doo-wop, pre- which is pre motown
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah fascinating what, stuff I- so, a couple of things, uh, a couple of notes that I had about the songs. Um, one, I didn't realize that Patrick Swayze actually sang one of them. Not himself. only does he sing uh, it,
1: he's a co writer, credited co writer. Oh, is he
0: really? Wow. So, track number three, She's Like the Wind, uh, was uh, sung and written by Patrick Swayze, apparently. And uh, it's not bad. It's not a bad song. It's but very I do think... generic. Yeah, it kind of, uh, yeah, exactly. I would say that. And I think the song I enjoyed the most actually was not the most famous songs from it. Um, and maybe that's because I'm very familiar with Hungry Eyes and the time of my life. But I really liked Yes. Um, God, well, remind, me, remind me how that goes. Well, I couldn't tell you now because I, 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 I don't, it's the first time I'd ever heard it, but I remember listening to it. Um, oh, yes, I'll, I'll yes.
1: That's Mary Clayton. So yeah. Mary Clayton is um, from the Rolling Stones. Um, g- uh, Give me shelter. There's a very famous like they called this backup singer in in the middle of the night, uh, mm-hmm. and she was very pregnant uh, and yeah. just and does this very very famous uh, backup role on the song Give Me Shelter, and that's Mary Clayton. Oh,
0: she was also later
1: featured in a documentary about um,
0: about like a career as a backup singer. And oh. So, yeah. And so she gets her own song on the soundtrack and she it's it's jamming. It's, it's a really good... Fantastic. It's super fun. It reminds me a lot of the, uh, like, the Pointer Sisters. Yes. You know, kind of yes. like... Uh, well, again, with the pastiche, right? There's... Yeah. You've got, like, a little bit of a Huey Lewis song on here. You've got a Peter, Peter yep. Gabriel
1: song on here. You've got a uh, Pointer Sisters song on here, but they're all not not those actual art it's like a, a b list or a c list version of of
0: that thing sure sure yeah which is you know that's fine i guess <laughs> it was a it was a good it was a it was a good soundtrack it was fun to listen to i i i don't know if i enjoyed the mix of of oldies and i feel like especially spaced blended together like that i might have enjoyed like put the new songs up front and then the old songs in the back, or vice versa, uh, or put them in some sort of like order of when they were released. I mean, I don't know. Were they in the order that they appeared in the in the movie? Is that no? One? Because
1: like, "Time of My Life" is over the end is the final scene in the movie.
0: Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, so I don't understand. Um, interesting about this movie. It was made for the movie was made for four and a half million dollars and made two hundred and. 15 million in the box office.
1: So it was more successful than Highlander.
0: Way way more successful considering it made any money.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And And, it ended up making a lot. Yeah, and they made a lot of money off the soundtrack as well. Um.
0: Oh, and interesting, I just noticed that um, there was uh, Dirty Dancing Havana Nights, which came out in 2004, Mm -hmm. is actually a prequel movie.
1: Okay. Does Johnny, Which, oh, wait, see, now you haven't seen it. So I don't know, because yeah. I
0: don't know any of the characters. Yeah, so. that's fair. Huh. Probably
1: Johnny learns how to dance in Savannah. That's, that's the story I would write. So in my head, that's what it is.
0: Oh, and so uh, the Jennifer Grey character, that's Baby? Nobody yeah, puts that's, Baby in the corner? Yep, that's Baby. See, that's the line from this movie that everybody knows, but I don't know what it's about. This, yeah. is, this is, that's the, there, will be, there can be only one. There can be only one. Dirty Dancing. No one puts baby in the corner.
1: So let me ask you this. Did you like it? The soundtrack? Yeah,
0: Uh, yeah, I enjoyed listening to it. I would probably keep it on my playlist um, because because there are so many songs that I already knew and liked and Mm -hmm. I discovered at least one more song that I liked. Um, For me, it's interesting. Music is something I generally have to be exposed to and I... I rarely like a song the first time I listen to it. Yeah. Unless it's just magical. Like, mm-hmm. there are some, you know, recent exceptions were, like, um, some Lady Gaga songs, uh, Adele, you know, the first time I heard uh, an Adele song, I was like, oh, that's amazing. You know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But...
1: Um, no, I would absolutely agree with you. Like, music is one of those things that it, 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 it's not, especially if you're not hearing it live, if you're hearing a recording... Um, it, it doesn't always click the first time you hear it, and you do have to, mm. you do need a little repetition. You know, I know yeah. people who, you know, people look down on oh the radio. They only play the same seven songs over mm-hmm. and over again, but like there, there is, you know, a psychological
0: advantage to that, right? To, sure. Well, to, and that is something you should know about me is I don't listen to the radio. I never really have. Yeah. I always listen to NPR, and so when I'm on my phone, when I'm on my hikes, I'm always listening to NPR podcasts or mm-hmm. Science Friday, or you know, which is NPR, I guess. But you know, so I'm always <laughs> listening to talk radio of some kind. Yeah. So um, it is an interesting story that it reminds me of back when I was still living in Minneapolis when the song um, by Five for Fighting came out called uh, Superman. Yeah. Uh, I remember hearing it on the radio on the way home from work and really liking it. And so I went home and downloaded it on Napster and listened to it on the computer. And I was like, oh, I don't know what I was thinking. I, don't, I hate this song. And so I literally deleted it. And then I uh, was driving home from work a, a couple of days later or whatever. and heard the song in the car again and was like, oh, no, I guess I really do like this song. <laughs> went home, downloaded it again, hated it again, and then was like, wait a second do I have to be in the car to appreciate this song? Uh-huh. So I burned it to a CD mm-hmm. so that I could play in my car uh-huh. and, uh, and ended, up ended up falling in love with it over, you know, it just and took, it just was a didn't, weird didn't. series of, like, listening to it. Um. <laughs> well, that's, that's fantastic.
1: That's absolutely yeah. fantastic. So, well, yeah, the Dirty Dancing soundtrack um, is, you know, it's funny, right? In the '80s, you would, you know, you'd get an audio tape, right, and you would mm-hmm. just, you just
0: absolutely wear it out, right? And yes. This, and there was no skipping around. You just listen. You listen to it through.
1: Yeah. yeah, and this was this was, a, you know, a tape that our entire family could listen to—parents and children. Mm. I, you know, yep. I have an older sister who's pretty close in age to me, and my parents are were relatively young parents. Um, and so this was a, this was something we could sort of all agree on, and and you know we we just absolutely wore this tape out.
0: Yeah, it isn't uh, there. I was thinking I used to have a, a tape player, uh, a cassette player, a Walkman mm-hmm. that could you could fast forward it, and it would somehow detect the break in mm-hmm. songs. Yep. And you could fast forward to the next song. Yeah, um, yeah.
1: That's that's like later technology. Kids these
0: days don't understand like. Yeah. Like, like you could do like, that,
1: but it would still take like thirty seconds, right?
0: It would, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You had to fast forward and wait. Oh man, what a what a what a world we live in what where a, we can just listen to any song and like what a world we live in. Do you think we peaked with CDs and DVDs?
1: What no, man. CDs and DVDs are terrible. Yeah. Really? Yeah. They're they're just they're just uh they're a lot of work.
0: I mean, but like I don't know. When I when D V came out, I was watching something recently. I think it was an improv show or something where someone was talking about rewinding, uh, like getting a DVD and then they didn't rewind it. And I was like, You don't rewind <laughs> DVDs. You don't have to. <laughs> and
1: you can pause it and the screen just stops.
0: No, yeah. Yeah.
1: No lines. Oh, oh.
0: I know. So I loved, man.
1: All right. All right. Cool. Well, I, you know, thanks for exposing yourself to something new. Uh, All right. Well, thank you, you
0: for signing it. Uh, I want you what, to what, give
1: me a rating because you forced me to give a rating.
0: A rating uh, for a Dirty Dancing soundtrack uh, out of ten, I'll give it a um, I'll give it a seven because it's um, seven. It's repeatable, but not something I would probably go out of my way to put on. Sure. All right. All right. All right. Yeah.
1: So tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. What is my assignment oh my for
0: next week? All right. So for this, I need some information. I need to know a little oh. bit more about what you've seen, okay. uh, because I really want to. I want to eventually start getting you into. Um, I, I want to try to nurture your appreciation for some of the genre stuff that I like. Okay. Right. And I know. I know you've talked about being into um, uh, sci-fi and stuff like that, um, but you're not into superheroes.
1: Superheroes,
0: no Okay, so have you seen? I'm just throwing some yep. names out there. Have you seen uh, Back to the Future? Yes, in the theater. Okay, ha- okay great. And you've seen, uh, and we're just going to stick to the 80s a little bit here. Have you seen the Indiana Jones trilogy? Let's yes. call it. Okay. Uh, have you seen Robocop? Yes. Oh, interesting. I told you, my, Robo-
1: my knowledge of 80s and 90s movies is relatively strong,
0: right? Okay, this okay. Is, this
1: is something we discussed off camera oh, great. earlier. And, I, and I
0: only say RoboCop specifically because RoboCop technically Rated is a superhero movie. Sure, yep. If you, if you think about it that way. All yep. right, well, let's, uh, let's talk about James Cameron. So let's, uh, let's go through his oeuvre. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting with uh, Terminator. Yes. Aliens. Yes. The Abyss yes terminator 2 yes true lies yes titanic yes batman the Uh, michael keaton batman
1: 1989
0: yes let's do michael keaton batman and also batman returns yes with michelle pfeiffer okay i've seen all Um, four of
1: those that line of batman films
0: okay um i'm not going to subject you to uh the the sam raimi spider-man movies the first one's okay (laughs) but they're not worth it um how about the first x-men movie
1: Yes, I have actually seen that. We're getting into okay. we're getting into
0: dicey territory
1: for me, but I have seen the first one.
0: We are, we are. Uh, how about the first Iron Man movie? I have, I have. Okay, I, great. I was, That's good. I was not a fan, but I You're not I a fan seen. of the first I, Iron Man I'm movie. Sorry, I'm sorry. Interesting. All right. Uh, well, let's let's okay. Let's. I'll, I'll give you a break. I feel like I'm I'm treading on thin ice here with uh, with this live questioning. <laughs> uh, How about, and this is great radio, by the way. um, (laughs) uh, Have you, how about, uh, let's do animated movies. Have you seen, um, you've seen a lot of the Pixar oeuvre, especially since, um, and I'm going to stop using that word. um, Mm. uh, You've Mm. you've seen a lot of the good early Pixar, like you've seen The Incredibles, you said. Yes, yes. uh, And you've seen WALL-E. Yes. Ratatouille. Yes. Finding Nemo. Yes. Okay, those are the best ones. So uh, I feel like we can uh, we can move on from there. How about Miyazaki? Have you seen a lot of Miyazaki movies? I've Princess only Mononoke. Se- I've only seen Princess Mononoke and The uh, Spirited Away. Spirited Away. Okay. Well, those would be the two that I would go to. Um, all right. I'm going to have to have you cut out this section because I need to actually think about this for a second. Ah, God, thinking.
1: What a jerk. Here, let's give okay, it a clap. This? Let's give it how a clap so I can
0: find it. Let's give it a clap so I can oh, wait, find it. Oh wait, 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 wait. Oh, no, how about okay. this? How about this? I've got I've got one. It's completely it's 80s. It's the same genre. It's the same period what Another we're doing right age? now, but it's a yeah,
1: 80s yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay.
0: it's a it's a hidden gem from a young auteur named Steven Spielberg. Have you seen <laughs> Empire of the Sun?
1: Okay. So, this is a yes and no. I it I Empire of the Sun has been on in the same room as me, but I would not say that I could tell you one thing about it. I think there's an airplane in it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's, there is an airplane in it. I almost want to assign that to you, but I almost don't, because it, it, it means a lot to me as a movie, but it almost is, um, and it's a movie that everyone should see, and you should see it, but I almost don't want to assign it for you. Uh, do you have an assignment for me? I do out, have an assignment for you. Give it yeah. to me, and maybe that will inspire right. me to do something that's so, uh, Well, so this is more thing.
1: recent. So there's a band that I've been listening to a lot lately. Um, it's uh, relatively recent. I think their first album came out in 2010. Okay. Um, so I'm just going to I'm check. curious
0: if I'm, ever, if I'm even going to have heard of this band. I
1: think you might have heard of this band, but probably not. Okay. Um, so I'm I'm now setting the the playlist to um, list to unlisted, so I can send you a link to it. Um, oh, it's not an album. I can. This is nope. I I'm not assigning you a whole album because if you don't like it, I don't I don't want to subject you to too much of it. But I did choose okay. seven songs from throughout their career. This is the band Ghost. Have you ever heard of I'm, Ghost? I have not. Okay, so Ghost is a, um, can I share this? Yeah, there we go. Share, copy. I'm going to go ahead and drop this in our
0: chat here. Um, is it ghost or the ghost?
1: Just ghost. Um, ghost. Some, occasionally, you'll see them referred to as Ghost BC. Also, everyone, just so you know, I have an account on YouTube Music, and uh, these the playlists for the music every week are going to be available... Their, oh, if you search for Exposing Ourselves podcast, you'll hopefully be able to find them um, I'm going to make them public, I don't know why I sent you the link um, Nice There we go, they're going to be public uh, so you can listen along with Travis if you want
0: uh, So, so here's, go- what, here's, what the, here's what the headline the, the YouTube music uh, description of Ghost is Over surprisingly accessible metal and pop driven hard rock Swedish outfit Ghost Deliver tongue-in-cheek sonic sermons centered on horror imagery, the occult, and occasional satanic themes.
1: That actually says it way better than I could. Maybe I should just cop from them every time. Yeah, Um, so Ghost is what I would call pop metal. Um, You know, pop songs, but with like heavy guitars. Um, And then the imagery of it is all revolving around this mysterious figure, Papa Emeritus, who's sort of a, a dark pope and his mm-hmm. and his nameless ghouls which are the his band uh... interesting so so okay. okay i would i would really recommend you watch at least one ghost video um... yeah and uh, just because uh... well you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you a particular video to watch uh, because okay. uh, but i want you to listen to the music first so that you don't get the wrong idea um, but there's a, there's a video called How, How Ghost Writes a Song, and it's really fantastic. Um, and okay. it gives you, when they say tongue-in-cheek, they're not kidding. You know, <laughs> like it's, right. it's uh, uh, let's see here, if I can, oh, well,
0: I don't want Well, this gives me some ideas. Have you seen, um, uh, have you seen uh, The Sixth Sense? I have. <laughs> okay, that's good, that's good. It's an important movie to have seen. Uh, have you seen um, Hellraiser? No. Okay. That's going to be our movie for you. Hellraiser, Hellraiser. The original Hellraiser. The original Hellraiser by Clive Barker. Yep. Uh, which was directed in, I believe, 87, I think, Hellraiser came out. Look at um, you. But choosing we'll, movies we'll, we'll learn, <laughs> we'll, we will learn more about Hellraiser next week when we, awesome. uh, when we talk about it uh, with Matthew and I talk about the mixtape from ghost yes i chose seven songs
1: throughout their career uh it starts off with their biggest hit square hammer good stuff i really all right i do give listen to it at least twice give yourself a chance
0: yes absolutely i will all right i promise well thank you for exposing
1: yourself to me
0: thank you for exposing yourself to me matt uh it's always good (laughs) always good fun to talk to you oh man it's really a great time All right. Well, we'll talk to you guys. And uh, for our audience, we will uh, be here for you very soon, possibly next week. Yeah. Uh, Until then, this is Travis Ritchie.
1: This is Matt Ronquist.
0: And uh, we'll see you then.